it's not really intimidating. Used to it was it, if you don't say amen, that's not really intimidating. But here's what it does. It puts you in the position to receive. When you're interactive, you start engaging God. You start drawing on the Lord. And so if you want to stay in lack, then you just be quiet and you make no motion towards anything else. But if you're ready to have the things of God, then you start to engage. And sometimes that means stepping out of that comfort zone and doing something that you really don't want to do. You know, get up, jump, shout, run, praise the Lord, amen, whatever. But see, that's an engagement. That's where we engage God. And we need to do that. Amen. We need to do that on a regular basis. That's where a lot of people miss it. A lot of people miss the Lord because they don't engage Him. They just say, yes, Lord, do it to me. Oh, you want Him to do all the work, but you're doing nothing. Amen. Now hold up. There's somebody, he's already, see, He's already done all the work. In Jesus, it is finished. So we've got to engage Him. Right, and I, I, I'm one of the things that we've seen is that when we first started the church, honestly, our prayer requests over 50% of the prayer requests were finances, were finances, right? And now the prayer request for finances is probably 10, 10%. Amen. What a testimony! It was probably 75% of the prayer requests when we first started Boomerang. Well, what happens? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I, I, I saw the big need for finances, so we started preaching on it and praying on it. It's funny, though. If you don't keep preaching on it, people will go right back down into that lack. That's the way it goes. So if you want healing, you need to preach on healing. You need, you need overflow in your finances. You need to preach on that, right? You need, you need restoration, you need to preach on that. You need joy, you need to preach on that. You need a church that's preaching on those things so that you can be the overcomer that God wants you to be. And He wants you to be that. Every person, every person. He wants you to be that. A lot of people, you'll, you'll look at some churches, they won't ever preach on healing. Doesn't happen there. Hardly ever. Finances, they don't have overflow. This year, uh, we've... Uh, come through boomerang we've seen over four cars given away this year we've seen over four hundred and twenty thousand dollars worth of debt erased in people's lives we've seen increase i forget what the number is right now but increase just in their salaries is something i think over forty thousand dollars increase in their salaries glory to god glory to god and see and it might not have been you but if you'll say, praise God, they, that, that's a part of my body, you know. It's kind of like this. If, if my pinky's really hurting and, and all of a sudden it gets healed, my thumb doesn't go, well, I wish it happened to me, right? My thumb's like, I'm happy too, right? Why? Because it's the same body. So when you see it on somebody else, you all go, glory to God, hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to God. Let the Lord move through you some. Right? Amen. <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm going to show you how to move out of lack and, and into abundance today. I'm going to show you how to do that. And it's a way of God. In other words, you know, like I said this earlier this morning, God's ways are holy. So if, if, 
If God is holy, just because he's holy, shouldn't we get to know him? If his ways are holy, shouldn't we get to know his ways? Well, what I'm going to give to you is one of his ways. You know, early on, somebody asked me last night, actually, uh, Evangelist Richard Moore, he asked me, he said, do you have any subjects that you all naturally kind of land on? And you go to preaching and it always has this. And I was like, yeah, I do. I have, you know, fullness of life, being victorious. Those are some things. Finances is one that I end up on a lot. And the reason I think it, I can't really help that, uh, except because the Lord leads it that way. But when we first start out in ministry, you know, I believe God for healing was seeing that. But what I didn't have was finances. It, it was rough. And so I was like, Lord, I need to get some faith for some finance. Start putting in some scriptures on finances, right? Well, what I learned was that finances are a small thing. It's the beginnings in the kingdom of God. And once I learned how to appropriate finances by using the ways of God, I found that in that I could apply that same faith and that same way of God in healing. I could apply that same way of believing God in protection in deliverance, and all of these things. And so what I'm teaching you is not just a way to move into financial abundance alone. It's to move into abundance, period. It's very important to understand that. The Lord says this. He's the one who gives you the power to get wealth, and he adds no sorrow to it. It pleases the Lord. This is scripture. It pleases the Lord to give you wealth and to give you prosperity. He delights in the prosperity of his servants. People are like, well, I I got enough for just me and my four and no more. Oh, so you don't want God to be happy? You don't want God to be happy? He delights in the prosperity of his servants. Why? Because one, he loves them, but also you go over in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says that in abundance comes every good deed. In abundance. Well, if you're not moving in abundance, then how are you going to be about every good deed? So a lot of times we're not thinking about the Lord. We're just thinking about ourselves. And as soon as we get our level up to where we're making it, you know, and we're not, you know, fretting all the time in finances, we drop faith. Well, the word says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you have the ability to believe God for something, then we should. We should. And here, here's one of those things. Let's say, let's say that somebody is making uh, $50,000 a year, right? Let's say that they're making $50,000 a year. And their, their needs is $40,000 a year, and they got $10,000 a year. That includes their tithe and their giving or whatever. And then they have $10,000 a year to put back in savings, right? Let's, let's say that everything is covered by that 50000 does, is that person fretting over finances? No. no. What should he do at that point? Pray. Let me ask you this. Does that person have the ability to ask God for more? Yes. So if he didn't ask God for more, would he be kind of burying the ability? So he had the ability to, to throw faith towards God? And see the manifestation, and he didn't use it because all his needs were met? That's selfish. 
What if that same person, he's already proved, you know, maybe he's proven that he can move in God. What if that same person said, Lord, give me another 50,000 and I'm going to give every, 50, every bit of that 50,000 to advance the kingdom of God. Yes. Well, that's a chunk of change. But see, people are, are judging where they're at based off of their level without taking into consideration what God may have them believe for. Yes. So they stop faith and now they're not pleasing to God. So it's, we're not talking about just you. We're talking about believing for the kingdom to be advanced. Amen. We proved uh, in, um, I've been watching in some outreaches. We had the Spring Fest outreach, which we're going to do another one here real soon. But in that Spring Fest, I think our budget in the end was about $1,500 to $2,000. And there were 50 commitments to Christ. That's awesome. I know somebody who spent... Uh, you know what Dr. Rodney was saying the other day they, what did he say they spent one or two million yeah so over a million dollars and they won 2200 people to the Lord well you do the math but they spent a lot more per person than we did see we know what to do with it what if we took that same $50,000 I was asking before and we believed God to give us the wisdom and showed us how to win those souls we can produce with that, but there's got to be a people that says, I'm going to take this responsibility Amen. to believe God on me, and we're going to go forward. Amen. We're going to go forward. A lot of times we've been selfish in our thinking because as soon as our, our needs are met, or even if we get, let's say we're making the $50,000, we get a $25,000 raise, how much of it goes to the Lord? Right. How much of it? We are already proven we've lived off of that, but most people were like, $25,000 extra dollars. Woo, we're going to eat some good steak tonight. Jesus, amen. Praise you, Lord. But what they don't do is they don't actually stop and say, Lord, you gave this to me. What do you want me to do with it? You'll find that most of the time the Lord wants the overflow in your life as, as well, but sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he wants you to have it all. Sometimes he wants you to have none. The majority of time it's a balance in the middle. But the question is, did you ask God? Did you ask? That's good. Same, thing, same thing with healing. Did we seek after the Lord and apply healing scriptures? Did we seek after the Lord for, for the fullness of the Spirit? Did we, did we seek after Him? Did we go after Him? Or did we just get comfortable and everything fall off? And all of our potential, we left it behind and never, never used it. See, we've got we've to take on some responsibility. Who are you in Christ? That's right. What's available to you in Jesus? What's available to you? Everything. Woo! You, just, you may just see you in the mirror. God sees his child. Yes. He sees you look like Jesus. He sees the potential of Jesus in you. In you. Glory to God. So it's not, just about, it's not just about finances, it's about healing, it's about walking in the fullness of the Spirit. It's not getting comfortable, it's, it's saying, Lord, use me, show me how to grow up. And show me, Lord, how to move up higher. Move up higher. See, His ways are holy. His ways are holy. 
A lot of people get frustrated in messages about finances. Jesus preached more on finances than anything else. Why? Because that's where people were at. It's where they were at. Listen, as we honor him, he will honor us. All right, Lord, you've got some ways in finances. Let me honor you. Let me honor you. When we put on that, all of a sudden everything changes. So turn, turn to uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. Lord, please give me another example besides that one. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right, this is going to be awesome. He ain't giving me anything else. I was asking him for the example. He gave me one the other day, and I was like, bring that one back. Now the one that's coming back is not the same one. You know, sometimes, <laughs> so, oh, gracious. Sometimes, oh boy. Sometimes the way that you want to do things, they're not the way you want to do them. You, you want to get from point A to point B, and there's a way, there's a system that you want to get that thing done. But that's not what I want. You know, I don't want to do it that way. Well, do you want the results? Well, you've got to go that way. You've got to go that way. And you might not like it. That's the way this is with finances. And sometimes that way doesn't even make sense. <laughs> so let me give you an example of that. One time, I, uh, Nicole and I were talking and, and, you know, being a loving wife, uh, she says, you know, she, and we constantly ask each other, she, I know, peace be in Jesus' name. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, where are we going? So we ask each other on a regular basis, is there anything that I can do or change that would be more appealing to you, to, be, to help you, to, you know, it can be, looks it can be actions it can be what do you like do you like this or do you like that and we'll just we communicate with each other and so she asked me that one time and i said uh what makes <laughs> i said what makes ladies legs so shiny <laughs> i was like and they look so smooth. I like that. <laughs> she says, well, that involves waxing. And I was like, oh, really? You know, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I've got all y'all's attention now. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> like he's laughing at me right now. I appreciate it. But this will get the point across. 
So we get, oh boy, we get, we go somewhere and we walk into one of the beauty supply places and they have your own home waxing kit, right? And so Nicole's like, well, we can do this and it won't cost so much, but you'll have to help me with it. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know? And, um... (laughs) So we start the process, and uh, it real quickly turns into a mess, as you all may know, men, if you don't know, don't do this, men, don't ever do this. So anyway, it didn't take long, and she's screaming and crying, and I'm frustrated, and wax is everywhere, and, and, and I mean, just like, you know, we look... We look like somebody had been put through a ringer, you know, and came out with a bunch of band-aids. There's like these strips of paper everywhere, you know, and, and just, it was, it was an interesting day. And she was acting like it hurt. Well, I'm, I'm in, inquiring minds wanting to know, you know. I'm like, I got to try this. I got to see I want to see just how much, just how much (laughs) this hurt. Oh, Jesus. Let me answer that question. It's like Dr. Rodney talking about the socket. I wasn't a believer of sticking my finger in the socket would make you feel like you died. I wasn't a believer in how painful it was. Don't, don't do that. No, no. He says, I became an evangelist. I'm an evangelist for don't do that. Don't. Let either let somebody do it that knows what they're doing. Don't don't do that on your own. The first time I did, I was like, "Ow, oh, good night." But here's the thing: in order to get the results, there was a way and a process, and I didn't like the process. She we, that didn't happen again. We never did that again. <laughs> Oh, no. The Lord, Father, give us wisdom. In Jesus' name, let us never do that again. But there was a process to get desired results, right? (laughs) A lot of times there's a process in the kingdom of God. And our flesh doesn't like it. It'll scream and cry. And it's it's not painful like that. But... Your flesh will make it seem like it is. That's the way it is with finances. The key to finances and coming out of lack is you give of what you have, even if it's a little, to come up to a higher place. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. I can tell you after we tried to do the waxing of the legs, it didn't make sense to ever do that again. Ever, ever. No, 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 no. No, we're never doing that again. Never. Y'all, we needed prayer for our relationship after that day. <laughs> it's like, are we even born again? Because it's like, she's like, don't do that. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just, don't you do it. I was like, I, you know, it was something along those lines. Enough to make me want to say, I don't even want to remember that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing that up. I thought it was gone. <laughs> 
But sometimes there's ways of God that our flesh in corruption has been taught something so far out of line with God that when we come up to it, it doesn't even make sense. Our flesh doesn't like it. I, you know, it just, it doesn't even, it, our flesh is just like, that doesn't even make sense. Like when you say, I need more money, and God says, then give. That doesn't make any sense to a worldly mind. How's it? You're depleting so that you can come up. But I'm telling you this, the ways of God are holy and they work. I mean, I had to figure that out too. And I had, what I finally understood was it cost me nothing to give. Nothing to give. And see, even that, that statement right there, somebody's going, what? You're writing a check out of your account. But you have to understand, God gives seed to the sower. So when I become a sower, now he has a right. And when I intention my heart, when I purpose my heart to become a cheerful and abundant sower, when I do that, God gives seed. God gives seed. Here's the question. Would he give seed to somebody who wasn't? A sower. No. So if I haven't purposed in my heart, then I don't have seed. I won't have it. But if I'll purpose in my heart, now God is obliged to get it into my life. And so I'm giving something that I wouldn't have had anyway. It cost me nothing. But yet I get to reap from the benefits of it. It doesn't make sense in the world, but in the spirit, it's all lined out beautiful and perfect. Just like every other way of God. That's who he is. So here we see in 2 Kings chapter 4, we see this. We see that now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets, uh, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared, uh, feared the Lord. And the creditor has come to take my two children to be as slaves. Now, we could take a lot of time and actually preach on a lot of this. I just want you to see the main principle that's going on here. And Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? So the first thing that Elijah says, or Elisha says, is he says, Basically, how am I going to help you? By myself, it's just what we were talking about in worship. By myself, I have nothing to offer you. It's only with Jesus that I have something to offer you. Right? And he's saying, you're coming to me. And, and here was the problem. The lady was coming to Elijah saying, Elijah fixed my problem. Now, if he's connected to the Lord, then she's talking to something. But you can tell by his question there that she was probably just talking to the person. She wasn't talking to the man of God. She was talking to the person. And Elijah has to get her out of that thinking. Look, I am not your source. He is your source. Now, he may move through me, and he may move through us, but he is your source. He's the source. He's the one who gets the glory. It's just like when I prayed for Johnny a while ago. By myself, nothing happens. But when I draw on God and something happens, God's the one who gets the glory for that. 
Why? Because I can't do it by myself. It's not me. The only way that I can help you is if I can get God involved in your way. I can get God involved in that. And so Elisha knows what to do. And he says, there's a way of God. The way of God is this. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And so this is, in Genesis, I think it's chapter uh, 6, verse 2, I believe, it says, it's, it's either there or chapter 3, it says that as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest will remain. So as long as the earth is here, this principle will be in place. This is a way of God. You will not escape it. It will always be a law that's at work. And if you sow little, you will reap little. And if you sow a lot, you will reap a lot. It's it's a law. God said it. It's not going to change. And so Elijah says, how do I get God involved? I've got to get God's way going. And he says, hey, what do I have to do do with you? How am I going to help you by myself? What do you have? And what's he asking her? What do you have to sow? What do you have to give? And it's a funny thing, it's a really funny thing when people are in dire straits. They almost always run with a deception on them that they have nothing. The devil, and a lot of times that's the reason why they're there is because they believe they have nothing. And you see this same principle in this, in this lady. She says, he says, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing. Your maidservant has nothing. You realize if you know the end of the story, she had everything she needed. But her first words were, I have nothing. So the first thing that you have to break to come out of lack is, first of all, you've got to engage God's way. The second thing that you've got to do in this process when you're engaging God's way is you've got to remove the deception that you have nothing. You've got to get that out of your head, get it out of your thinking, and and you need to seek the Lord. Lord, what do I have? What do I have to give? And a lot of times, as soon as you say that, what do I have to give? People are like, I don't... And see, that's the thing. They're thinking that what they have is too small. It's not too small. This was nothing. She says, I have nothing. I have nothing in the house except a jar of oil. See, right in mid-sentence, I would say the Holy Spirit helps her see she did have something, and she corrects herself by the end of that sentence and says, I, I have accepted a jar of oil. I've got a jar of oil. I've got something. But, you know, it's kind of like, but what is that? That jar of oil is not going to do anything for me. See, that's the thinking we got to get out. You remember the widow that gave the two mites and Jesus said she gave more than all. Two pennies, basically. She gave more than all. Many people would say, that's nothing. Jesus said, that's everything. That's everything. So we've got to get that thinking out of our head because no matter where you're at, if you are rolling in finances or, or you have, feel like you have nothing, everybody has the ability to call on God, help, let Him help you change your heart into being a giver, and then what does God give to the sower? It says He gives seed 
to the sower. So as soon as we'll change our heart and in our heart become a sower, God will give seed that you didn't have before, so it cost you nothing, and then all of a sudden you have something to give. See, she didn't even see that she had something to give at the beginning of the sentence. But she let the Holy Spirit correct her and see, I do have something except for a jar of oil. She thinks, I mean, her thinking is, what is this jar of oil going to do? That's why she wasn't even going to say it. It's not the amount, it's the heart. It's not the amount, it's the heart. I can't tell you the number, it's been a lot. I can't tell you the number of people that walked into Boomerang over the, over the years, had trouble, had issue with their finances, and a lot of times I would, I'm giving them the same exact answer. I'm giving them the same answer that Elisha gave this lady that worked, and they, they can't take it because in their head they have nothing, and they're always going to have nothing, and they've got to be able to throw that away and look unto the Lord and say, Lord, what do I have? Or even if I don't have anything, Lord, give me some seed. I've heard, I've heard testimony after testimony of people who just changed their heart. And before they could even get out the door, God gives to them. God gives something to them. The other, just, just last night, just last night I watched it. A guy, a guy where I was at in a service, he wanted to purchase a book. The book was $15. But he was a sower. He was a giver. He was giving of his stuff. Before he could get out the door, money started flowing into his pocket. Flowing into his pocket. I mean, a lot, a lot more than $15. Why? He had purposed his heart. He had gotten into a way of God. So we've got to throw down the deception that we don't have anything or that we can't get anything. God gives seed to the sower. A penny. The largest offering I've ever given was a penny. One penny. It meant the most to me to this day. That was years ago. That was back in 2003. And still to this day, that's the biggest offering I've ever given. Why? Because it's everything I had. 2003, that's everything I had. I wanted to give something to the Lord. I'd already checked my pockets. I was in a service. I wanted to give something to the Lord. I was like, Lord, I want to give something to you. The Holy Spirit says, I'd, I'd already completely looked through everything. The Holy Spirit says, Check your pockets again. I checked my pockets. As soon as I put my hand in there, I put my hand, my hand. I'd already checked everything because I'd wanted to give. He says, put your hand back in there. I put my hand back in the po pocket. There's a penny. I was like, oh, I started crying. I have something to give. I have something to give. Now that seed that will grow up and produce a harvest, I knew it was the beginning of something. I knew that God would supply for me. As long as I was a sower, he would supply seed. As long as I have seed, I, I'll have a harvest. That's, That's the right. way it works. That's right. And you can do the same thing with your faith. Lord, I, I don't have a lot of faith right now, but I'll give you what I have. Yep. I trust you. I trust you. Yep. It's good preaching. Amen. Even if I have to say that myself. It's, it's blessing. The reason I say that, if you ever hear me say that, it's blessing me too just while I'm preaching is what I'm saying. I would amen me if I could. Amen. amen. <laughs> Preach, preacher. <laughs> See, we, we can move up how we want to. Yes. God's, 
We're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. God's waiting on us. He's already done everything he needs to do. He's just waiting on us to line up with him. Stop being in opposition. Get in his ways. So it says, what do you, you know, what do you have? Your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself, for all your neighbors, even the empty vessels. Do not get a few. So now he's got a command. See, once her heart got right and she figured out what she had to give, now the command comes from the Lord. The Lord starts bringing wisdom. He's going to bring wisdom and he's going to bring supernatural increase into her life. But she had to become a giver first. She had to remove the deception, I have nothing, and become a giver. And then now the word of the Lord could come and bring life, and life to the full till it overflows. And he says, and you shall go in and shut the door behind you, you and your sons, and pour out into all these vessels, and you shall set aside what is full. So she went in from him and shut the door behind her, her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels to her, and she poured. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. I bet she wished she had got more vessels. I bet she'd uh, paid attention to that word a little bit better, honored it, esteemed it just a little bit more. Right? I bet she wished she had done that then. There's a whole lot of stuff we leave on the table because we don't honor and esteem the word. Hey, look, there's a lot of people, they're not sitting here this morning, they're supposed to be here, whether they know it or not, but they haven't honored and esteemed the leading of the Lord, and, and they're missing a word that will completely change their life, take them from lack to abundance, they're completely missing it, and they, they're not in their place, and because of that, they're not going to be able to receive, and they're leaving a lot on the table promise you, we get up to heaven, stand before Jesus, and you're going to want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But that does not just happen because you accept him. It happens because you accept him and then you flow with him and you give yourself a living sacrifice. I'm his, I'm bought and paid for with a price. I'm not my own anymore. And I let him be who he wants me, me to be. Uh, just think, I, I like this, particularly with these stories. Think about what the headline says. Widow going into slavery. Prophet takes her last bit of oil. Right. <laughs> Don't you know today's headline, boy, they'd have a heyday with that. Right? They would have a heyday with it. Prophet takes last little bit of oil of widow from her sons who are moving into slavery. I mean, that would be a legitimate headline, right? Does not make sense in the world, but to God. Let's see what happens. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. So she went from about to lose her sons, all she has is a little bit of oil, to the point where she paid every bit of her debt off and then lived the rest of her life on the overflow. Amen. And she still left some on the table by not bringing in more class. 
This is what God can do if we will get into His system. The system, His ways, we might not understand it at first. We might not like it. But if we'll say, Lord, I don't like it. I don't understand it. But you said it. Now I'm going to be that. And we honor Him anyway. Now God can move. Look, all right, 1 Kings chapter 17. And let's look at verse 1. Who tenidika to do, salinimis to frapa, sapa di di beste, benime de be de beste, kunjitista netatarotani. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your ways, O Lord. Thank you for your ways that take us out of debt, take us out of lack, and move us into abundance. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Lord, we praise you. We give you glory, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yeah, glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. So verse 1, let's put up 1 Kings 17, verse 1. Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord the God of Israel lives before whom I stand, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Verse 2. The word of the Lord came to him, saying, Just keep on flowing with me. Yeah. Go away from here and turn eastward, eastward, Hold on. (laughs) Turn to Eastwood. Get out of here, punk. (laughs) Get away from here and turn Eastwood. I'm never going to forget that. You just flew with me there. The word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go away from here and turn Eastward and hide yourself from the book Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. And it shall be that you will drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. You want the Lord to command some ravens on your behalf? How many could use some raven supply? Or some camel supply, like where it said the the queen of the south came up, and she had a whole caravan coming to Solomon. All the camels, brother... Uh, Brother Rodney has a series called The Camels Are Coming. It's not just ravens. The Lord is wanting to overflow in your life because he wants to get abundance so he can do every good work. It says this, so the ravens, he's commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. uh, For he went and lived by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he would drink from the brook. Man, supernatural provision. Has God changed? No. Do you serve the same God? Does he love you the same way he loved Elijah? Then you've got a right to believe this. Lord, you're bringing supernatural supply in my life. Glory to God. All right, and it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Whoa, now, wait a minute, Lord, hold up. (laughs) Wait a minute. What's the brook drying up? You were providing for me. 
Y'all remember the example that we use? You got two different sides. One's the physical side that we see, and the other side is the spiritual side. Just because things change or don't go the way that you think or, or there's a shift in the age, a shift in the time, and things change in front of your eyes does not mean that over here on the spiritual side, God ceases to be God in your life. It doesn't mean that over here His nature has changed. His character has changed. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. That's who He is. Don't you think that Elijah was tempted to say, what's going on? Hold up. I thought you were providing for me. We've never said that, have we? Oh, I thought you were my, my Jesus, my provider. Y'all never had that? Oh, 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 okay. Okay. You see, that's just it, though. But, but Elijah, he knows who God is. God hadn't changed. Just because the brook dries up doesn't mean God's changed. It just means he's relocating, that's all. He's just relocating. He's just doing it a different way. Why was he doing it a different way? Because there was somebody that God needed to get to. There's somebody that God wanted to help. And he was going to help both of them at the same time. A lot of times we, you know, stuff goes different. And what we're doing is like, oh, the brook's dried up. Instead of going, God, what you want to do? Something awesome's about to happen. Something glorious is about to take place. Let's see it. It's going to be so cool. You're about to bring, you're about to bring something up in here. You're about to bring something good, God. It's who you are. It's who you are. I know you hadn't changed. You love me. Say that. Say, say, Father, I know you hadn't changed. You love me. You love me a lot. You're my provider. Amen. He is. That's his character. That's his nature. He himself called himself Jehovah Jireh in his word. He, de- he declared and described himself as that. That it can't be more true. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, it can't be more true. It's who he is. I mean, I can say it all day long, and I can have the voice of the Lord, but it's only strong because I say it because he said it first. It's his word that brought the power. When he declared himself Jehovah Jireh, my provider, all of a sudden for all eternity, that's who he is. He's my provider. Just because the brook dries up don't mean that things changed over here. What would the headlines there say? Prophet gives himself to God. Lord leaves him dry. (laughs) Well, it would if the prophet didn't know who God was. He'd sit there and whine and complain the whole time. But see, because he's tuned in to the Lord, what did he get? He got a word. Go over here. Let's look at it. He says, After a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, look, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. What? Let me just ask you this. What if, what if Elijah didn't have a relationship with the Lord? 
and did not hear the word. He'd still be at the dry brook. He'd be real dry for long. Our relationship and a word of the Lord being in the place where God planted us is so important. Hearing from him and being obedient. Oh, it's important. One word can change everything. One day, one day in a service can change your whole life. It can be the thing, that, that log jam that you've had. It can be that roadblock, that speed, speed bump. By giving and esteeming the Lord and what he's up to and where he's planted you, one day can change everything. One day, one word, and everything changes. And all of a sudden, your life goes from being mediocre and rises to the glory that God wants to shine Amen. through you. And now it's not just you whose life is blessed, but the people around you whose life is blessed because you were one day esteeming what God wanted you to do. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called her and said, Please get me a little water in a jar that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But as she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. And behold, look, I'm gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son that we may eat it and die. A little bit of bread, a little bit of flour, and a little bit of oil. That's it. Now, I want you to see something. I want you to watch something. What's she doing? She's gathering sticks to make a fire to make her last meal. To make her last meal. I want you to think about her mindset, what she's given over to at that moment. She's about to make her last meal for her and her boy. We're going to eat it, and then we're going to starve to death. Don't you know, while she's picking up those sticks, her flesh is going, golly, you're about to die. You're going to eat this last meal, and you're about to die. This is it. It's over. You're about to die. That's it. You're over. You're about to die. It's it. It's done. It's over. Now, that... How many people know that does not put you into the place? That mindset does not help your uh, mindset for service. Anybody ever, you know, not, I don't think any of us, of us have really been at the place where we know this is our last meal, right? I, I think that most people, most people have not experienced that. Most of the time, we're just upset because somebody didn't say hey to us. And then we're like, Hey, will you go get some water and put it out here on the counter? I don't want to get some water. I'm here to serve Jesus. Sorry. Oh, whoa. You know, most of the time, we, people have barely just done something wrong or we perceive something wrong, and all of a sudden, we, we've gotten our tail on our shoulders and, and don't feel like serving at all. And we're not talking about have, about to have our last meal. We're talking about, you know, 
We're talking about just somebody talked to us wrong or didn't say something or whatever, and all of a sudden, we don't bother me with serving you or loving on you. Can't talk to me that way. I'm I deserve better. And then you got people that gather around. You do deserve better. That's a devilish mess. Amen. Bunch of junk. It holding that person in a bondage. I want you to Jesus picking up sticks for her last meal. The prophet walks up and goes, will you give me some water? She stops what she's doing and gets him some water. It doesn't say anything about her complaining. She, she does what he asks to do. Something's right in her heart. This is the kind of person that God can meet and provide for because she will do things God's way and not hers. See, that heart, it's that heart. It's that heart that changes everything. A heart of giving changes everything. A heart of serving changes everything. Humility, grace can be poured out to. Pride, it puts itself in opposition. Humility, grace. The favor of God. The favor of man. The empowerment. Humility. Don't you know that she probably had the thought? She might have put it down. Maybe she, maybe she was at the place where she didn't even have the thought anymore. But don't you know at some point she had to put down the thought, if, even if it was before now, that uh -uh, I'm not getting you a drink of water. Get your own. I'm gathering these sticks so me and my son can die. And you know what would have happened? She'd have died. Sometimes the change in our heart is more important and our mercy and our humility is a lot more important than what we think. Think about this. Think about the opportunity that was presented to her and has she responded the wrong way? How many opportunities has God tried to get in our lives and we responded the wrong way to the wrong person that could have changed everything? Ooh. Then Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go do as you have said, but make me a little bread cake from it first and bring it out to me. And afterward, you may make one for yourself and your son. Man, can you imagine Elijah telling that to a 2017 woman for the average one? Go make me one first. <laughs> Go make me some food first. Whoops. But see, I, I just want you to see that attitude that would attack him back for saying that. That's not godly. It's not godly. See, that, this is what love does. Love bears the burdens of one another. Love comes up underneath each other. Elijah's trying to get a godly way into her life. And she responded the right way. She didn't fuss at him. Oh, who are you telling to? I, I'm a woman. I'm just like you. I'm about to die anyway. Why I want to do that? But see, God couldn't have gotten his way into that attitude. See, a lot of times the world has taught us things and ways to think 
And it is not God. It's not his ways. And, and we don't see the holiness and the supply of God because we've, we've been picked up things of the world. The word tells us that we shouldn't pick up anything from the world. We should have no part with it. That's what a believer is supposed to do. Can you see the headlines here? Prophet takes widow and son's last meal. Subheadline: After he told the woman to serve him first. <laughs> See, that doesn't make sense. It's like our flesh, it doesn't compute with our flesh. That doesn't, that, it, no, that, that is not right. It's, it's like the wax thing. No, uh-uh, no, never, never. And our flesh will do the same way. No, that doesn't even make sense. But it does to God. Because the things that he set up, it flows perfectly with him. And see, we've got to get out of what we think and get into what God thinks. Amen. And when we do that, what happens? He says, bring it out to me. Afterwards, you may make one for yourself and your son. <laughs> Afterwards. Not you, make one for me and for y'all. No, no, no. He says, after you're done serving me, make one for you and your son. I mean, I can just hear the attitude now. The bent that happens. <laughs> Elijah? I don't know who you think you're talking to. See, we got to get out of that thinking. That's not godly thinking. And it goes both ways, men and women. People in church, pastor, people in church, it goes back and forth that way too. We gotta get out of that way of thinking. Yep. We gotta put on some love. Amen. Put on the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Put on the ways of God. Then he says, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. So she went and did according to the word. According to the word. She went and did according to the word. See, Elijah was not... If you notice, it says that the Lord said in verse 14. Thus says the Lord. So Elijah was speaking for the Lord. She had to decide, am I going to esteem what the man of God says or not? That's what she had to do. So she went and did according to the word. 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 This is your answer. She went and did according to the word. The world will teach you all kinds of stuff, but she went and did according to the word. She went and did according to the word of Elijah, who was God was speaking through. And she and he and her household ate for many days because she did according to the word. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke through Elijah. Glory to God. Now, does God love that woman more than he loves you? No. 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 Turn to John 6. Verse 5. You see the pattern of God 
the pattern and the way of God, what do you have to give? Right. You want supernatural abundance in your life? What do you have to give? Come on. You don't have to answer that question. You just have to hear from the Lord and then be obedient. Lord, what do I have to give? What do I have to give? Therefore, Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing the large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? Verse 6, This he was saying to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone to receive a little. Just so you know, um, that 200 denarii equals out to about 35,000 in today's wages. So Jesus and his disciples were not poor. He's walking around with $35,000 in his pocket for the ministry. But there were so many people, they said, how are we going to feed all these people? That's how many people were there. Because 35000 plus, I mean, it wasn't like there was a, you know, 7-Eleven right there in the middle of the wilderness, right? He's like, what are we going to do with this? So then he says this. Then he, he says, look, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone to receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish. Listen to this next statement. But what are these for so many people? But what are these for so many people? But what's this worth? What's this little amount worth with so many? I have nothing except a jar of oil. Give me something to eat. All I have is enough food for me and my son to, to eat and die. This common thing, when somebody's in that situation, I don't have anything. I don't have enough. I don't have anything. I don't have enough. You have to set that aside and say, Lord, what do I have? What do I have? I'm a giver. What do I have? I'm a giver. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number, about 5,000. Jesus then took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated, likewise also of the fish, as much as they wanted. Wow. Yeah. That means they went back for a second and third and ate as much as they wanted. Fourth and fifth. If it's a growing boy, six and sevens. I mean, he went, they ate as much as they wanted. Verse 12, when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 out of, out of the loaves and fishes, five barley loaves and two fish, they gathered up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Can you imagine the headlines? Jesus takes little boys' lunch. Jesus takes little boys' lunch. See, here's the headline. If you're in a jam and you're in lack and you need to get out of it, here's what I'm telling you to do. 
You need to ask the Lord, what do I have? Don't look at what you don't have. Lord, what do I have? And if you don't feel like you have anything, say, Father, I ask you for seed. I'm purposing in my heart. I'm being intentional. It's according to other scriptures. It says if I'll get intentional and purposed in my heart to be an abundant and cheerful giver, he gives seed to the sower. And then what are you supposed to do with that seed? You're supposed to plant it into the kingdom, into Jesus. You know, what that means for you generally is plant it into your church. Plant it into Boomerang. Well, can you see the headline? Local family needs help. Church says, give me something. Doesn't make sense, but it's a way of God. And if you want to come out of that and move to abundance, it's a way of God. It's a way of God. I want you to notice in each one of these examples, I want you to look at, does God love these people more than you? No. And in each one of these examples, what happened? What was, what's the biblical testimony that we have? They gave what they had and God supernaturally poured out on them. They gave a little something and God came over and went like this. Love it. And poured it out. It wasn't just a little bit. It was a lot. They gave a little. God went and dumped it on them. The woman gives a little bit of oil. She gets so much oil, she gets out of debt. Can you imagine that? One day, you're out of debt. Supernatural debt reduction. That's for you. If that's something you want, say amen. Amen. I receive it. One day, a word of the Lord, a a purpose heart, a word of the Lord, and debt completely knocked out. That can happen for you. Glory to God. The next one, she she gives her last meal. One meal. I bet you it wasn't a lot. I bet she was rationing up to that point. I bet it wasn't even a full meal. She gives that, and all of a sudden, supernaturally, she lives on it until the rain comes, until the overflow comes. Supernaturally, God gives to her. What's the biblical example of this? The next thing is, here's this little boy. He gives his lunch. Man, look at the heart of this little boy. Oh, I got my lunch. That's the way kids are because they have childlike faith. Oh, if we could get into some childlike faith, what the Lord could do through us. It's like, I don't even care if I eat. Here, Jesus, take my meal. That's a cheerful and abundant giver. And all of a sudden, who do you think got those 12 baskets full? There's no other person. There's only one thing. If you look at Scripture, there's only one person that can walk away with those 12 baskets. That little boy. Those baskets, they were the same kind of basket that they lowered Paul down the wall in. They were baskets. Big, big enough to hold a man. Twelve of them. Boom. Going home. Can you imagine the men tasked to take those things home? We're taking these home. Little boys walking, you know, walking back. It's like, ding dong. Hey, Ma, Dad, uh, I, I got something. Something has happened. Why is it him? It's got to be him that takes it home because God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. God's not mocked. He is not mocked. It can't go to anybody else. 
The biblical example, I gave you three testimonies, three witnesses, that when we will become a cheerful giver and an abundant giver, all of a sudden what happens is God says, I'll meet you. Now listen, that doesn't mean that you're supposed to give something God hadn't told you. It just means that you're supposed to take your heart and say, Lord, what would you have me give? Sometimes that's a little in, in terms of quantity. Sometimes it's a little, sometimes it's a lot. What it is is you give a lot when your heart says, I'll give you whatever. That's a lot to God. I'll give you whatever you tell me to do. But the question is, have we asked? It doesn't make sense. The headlines look funny. But yet, when people employ this, I was going to say this earlier, when people have come into Boomerang and they've started to apply this way in their life, their life goes and it stops staying in the gutter and financially they start coming out and they stay out and they walk on top. They're the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. That's it. That's the way it's worked. That's the way it's designed to work. And God can do it because he's not a respected person. He loves you just as much yeah, that's right. same thing happens when we give of our life Lord take me use me it's all I got but I give it to you oh it's a lot to Jesus it's a lot to him it's a lot to him right now I just want you to close your eyes I just want you to ask the Lord, Lord, not only in the offering, you know, what would you have me give today? But Father, not just that, but Lord, what would you have me give of myself? Come on up, Patty. What would you have me give of myself? I saw earlier this week, I saw there was an offering happening, what I call a heap offering, where people just start getting up and giving. Like the, the spirit of giving just jumps on people and they can't wait till somebody to call for it. They just start bringing it up to the offering. That's going to happen here because I can tell you why it's going to happen here because it blesses my heart. When I see it, I about start crying every time. I mean, it just, it moves me. It's going to happen here. God doesn't leave that kind of stuff alone. It's going to happen on a regular basis from the glory of God but it's not, it's not just people deciding it's a move of the Lord it's just the Lord moves on their hearts to do it you ever feel like doing that you just go right ahead just do it don't don't I'm not holding you back I might cheer you but here's what happened in the middle of that this lady came up and here was the altar and people were bringing their offering and this lady comes up and she lays down like this and lays on the altar. That's the best thing she can do. She gave herself. She said, Lord, I'm yours. Oh, I started crying. We need to give ourselves. See, finances is just a symbol of our heart. The Lord needs you. Guess what? He can make finances rain on the earth. He can make diamonds on other planets right now. Diamonds, rubies, stuff like that. It, it, right now, it's happening. It's raining on other planets. He can, make, he can make stuff rain. Did you just do something? Yeah. Glory to God. Amen. 
He can make stuff rain on the earth. Finance is not an issue. The issue in finances is not God. It's us. It's our heart. See, if he can get you to the place where finances mean nothing to you, money means nothing to you, stuff means nothing to you, he can give you everything. It's while it means something to you that he can't give it to you. We get ourselves to the place where we're given everything we are. Lord, all I have is yours. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Everything I am, I'm yours. I give you myself, my life. I give you my kids, Lord. They're yours. It's all yours. Right now, today, if you find yourself and you're going, I need to give you more of myself, more of my heart. You find yourself, you know, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never accepted him. Maybe you've never invited him to be the Lord of your life. You've never believed on him. Maybe you've believed on him before, but then you've had some stuff happen to you, and all of a sudden you found yourself. If five is a great relationship with God, you're not there. You might be a one or two or three or four, but I'm not, I'm not operating at full steam with the Lord. My fellowship is not there. Maybe something happened to you. Maybe you just got mad. Maybe it was just life. Maybe just life happened to you. But all of a sudden, you're not at a five anymore. You're not where you want to be. You know it. You know it. And you need to get it fixed today. Maybe you just don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe if Jesus came back today, you're not sure if you would go with him. Maybe if you didn't make it today. We're not believing for that, but if you did, would you have questioned about it? I just don't know if I'm born again or not. If that's you, just raise your hand right now and say, today i got to get that right. Just raise your hand right now and keep it up. i got to get it right today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just raise your hand. Amen, I see that. Anyone else? Lord, i got to get it right today. Amen, I see that. i got to get it right. Amen, I see that. Glory to God. Jesus, I need, I need you. I see that. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Now, just while you have your head bowed, I want you to just, just pray this with me. Just say, Father. Say it with your heart. Father, I need you. I desire you today. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're the director of my life. You call the shots. You lead the way. And I follow. Lord, I need you. I want you. Lord, I thank you that I have you. I believe that you died for me. I believe that God brought you back to life. And when he raised you up, he raised me up with you. 
and he seated me in heavenly places with him. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me with your goodness, with your power, with your mercy, and your grace. Baptize me in fire. Jesus, I accept you today. In Jesus' name. Keep your head.